just before we start the show, I want to take an opportunity to invite you to join me for the Podfluence Weekly Newsletter, which is available both on LinkedIn and through the official newsletter channel. Now, if you are on LinkedIn and it's easier for you to follow there, then please just click on the link in the show notes, which will take you straight to Podfluence on LinkedIn, where you can subscribe for free and get weekly updates on Podfluence articles as well as episodes. If you would like to subscribe to the full newsletter where you'll get additional materials and, as my little incentive to you, my pre-podcast guest checklist for you to use when you're appearing on podcast shows so that you can be fully prepared every single time, then please click the link to the official newsletter in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome to Speaking of Influence Live. Now, one of the joys of uh, live podcasting is that you don't always know if your guest is going to show up or not. So at the moment, uh, hope, I'm hoping I have everything crossed that uh, that today's guest is going to show up and uh, we'll give a minute for that. If you're not already subscribed to the show, please do make sure that you check us out on YouTube. It's a good place to get the full video experience. Look for Present Influence, give us a like and a subscribe and click that bell notification to make sure that you're always kept informed of new episodes coming out, especially where we have live podcasts with incredible guests, which hopefully we are going to have very shortly for you today. I'm putting together a new title sequence at the moment. It's not quite ready, but by the time you get to see the replay, it will be up and uh, up and at them. So I uh, look forward to that. I had a bit of a rebrand here at Speaking of Influence. Today's topic, hopefully, is going to be making money with speaking. Now, I think this is an area that many people want to know about, people who actually want to do full-time professional speaking, and, of course, people who want to... Um, perhaps move into the world of professional public speaking as well. So provided our guest turns up, we'll be doing that. If not, we will reschedule. We'll try again. Um, but right now, that's where we're at. If you have questions or uh, things, questions or comments, if you have knowledge about how to get paid for speaking or you struggle to get paid for speaking, this could be this could be the episode for you. Please feel free to post your questions into the comments box below. We'll see how we get on. And uh, in the meantime, uh, before we do that, uh, what shall we talk about? Hey, um, so I don't know if any of you use a lot of Zoom and you must have seen, you must have seen this video that has been going around of this guy who, uh, this lawyer who accidentally put uh, a kitten face filter onto uh, onto his Zoom video. It's probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen i was uh, uh almost crying laughing watching this right uh, i thought it was hilarious i've been sharing it around you've probably already seen it if you haven't do go and check it out i don't have it queued up ready to show you the video but absolutely funny uh one of my favorite uh, zoom fails ever and so if you're gonna ever well it's, it's a good idea to know how to use your equipment and if you do recording on zoom you do meetings on zoom group coaching or group events on Zoom, it can be a very good idea to make sure 
that you stay uh, stay aware of how to use these functions and make sure that if you end up accidentally putting a filter on or someone else has put a filter on your, on your Zoom for you, that you know how to be able to take it off again afterwards. Otherwise, you too may be the, uh, the cat trying to tell the judge that, hey, I'm not really a cat, <laughs> which uh, honestly was just too funny. So we'll give, uh, we'll give, I guess, a few more minutes and see if he shows up. We want to have that chat about being able to make money through speaking. If you are a speaker, tell me in the comments. If you want to be a speaker, put, type a comment in and let me know what you are tuning in for today if you're joining us live. Now, one thing's for sure, in the world of Present Influence and uh, the Speaking of Influence podcast, I get to speak to many professional speakers who are making great money through their speaking and presentations, and some who are just starting out or still figuring those things out for themselves. So there is a clear pathway that needs to be made, and there are distinctions. This isn't going to be the first conversation to be had about making money through uh, through public speaking, and, and certainly not the first conversation in the series of this podcast as well. You will find from earlier episodes, in fact, from an earlier iteration, speaking of influence used to be called the Loki podcast. Don't ask me why. It takes far too long to explain. Um, it, we have been rebranded since then, so it makes a lot more sense now. And you will find episodes there with amazing people like Lee Hayes, who is a speaker manager. Uh, so that's in the episode history as well. Check out the episode with Lee Hayes. Uh, you will see, uh, I'm trying to remember all the names of people now. Uh, you'll see other episodes from other incredible people who uh, really know what they're talking about in terms of being able to make money. And there are also like, lots of professional speakers and speaker trainers who have been on the show before now. Now, I'm very happy to tell you that uh, my guest has arrived. So let me introduce into the studio, uh, Majid. Hey, how's it going, John? Can you hear me? It's going very well. Uh, I, need to, uh, I need to switch my audio around because you're coming through my speaker instead of my headset. So just give me a moment there. Uh, let's see. I'm probably being very, very quiet here as well because I'm all on the wrong settings. So just give me one second because I just realized I'm actually, uh, my microphone isn't plugged in. Hang on. Oh boy, it's a professional operation here, Majid. Uh, I had unplugged my microphone to do a Skype call with somebody on my headset and forgot to plug it back in. Uh, I don't have enough USB slots on my computer, apparently. So I've probably just been jabbering on for the last five minutes or so, and nobody's really been listening. <laughs> I think I could hear you before you changed your microphone. But it looks like okay. we're all set now. We are. I'm just going to put you through my speakers as well so we don't get uh, feedback on there. Okay, so, uh, so welcome to the show. I'm very happy to in introduce to you my guest. I might make a, a, a murder of pronouncing your surname, but Majid Mogarabin, is that correct? That's perfect. Thanks, John. Yeah. Oh, that's good enough then. Now, uh, having looked at Majid's profile, um, I don't think I've ever encountered anyone who has had and sold five businesses before the age of 21. That's incredible. Uh, he's also a, a 
a known speaker. He's uh, spoken on uh, TED stages and other places. It coaches lots of amazing clients from all around the world and has taken some time out of his busy schedule to come and chat with us today. So, Majid, very glad to have you with us. T- tell us a bit more about this. Uh, how, did, how on earth did you end up having and selling five businesses before you were even 21? You know, the first business I uh, got... I like to tell the story. It was a hot summer day. I'm driving my little bike. I'm riding my bike to the park, 16 years old. I show up uh, to buy a snow cone at the snow cone stand, and there's a sign with two words on it, changed my life forever, John. It said, for sale. And I asked the person at the snow cone stand, how much do you want for the business? She says, $12,000. And there's Across the street, there's a bank. So I bike over to the bank and I say, how do you borrow $12,000? And they gave me a form and a business plan that you fill in the blank and said, get your parents to co-sign this. I, I bite home with the papers on the handlebars. I showed my dad. I said, I, I want to borrow $12,000 to buy the snow cone business. And he's like, absolutely not. That's a terrible idea. Um, but the next day I had an idea and I asked him, I said, um, I think it'll help me get into a good university. And he's like, okay, give me those papers. Where do I sign? He signs the papers. I bike back to the bank and I show the bank person the papers with the signatures and the business plan. And I get a $12,000 certified check and I buy the snow cone business. And I go on to operate the high profit margin business of sugar and food coloring and flavoring and shaved ice. And so I tell this story. This was one of this is kind of like my opening story for a entrepreneurship training program I used to do for high schools to teach people how to start a business. You know, you get a loan and you you've got costs and expenses. And so that was business one of five. And each one that I sold, I was able to get a big chunk of cash and travel the world. That's what I did as much as I could with my money is sell business, travel. Eventually, I figured, can I just have a business that I can continue to travel and continue to make money? And thus, the professional speaker business model was born. And so now I love to travel and speak and um, started with the snow cone business. What, what point did you move into the speaking side of things then? So let's see. So I did a university degree in St. Louis, Missouri, in business went out and taught English in Japan. That was kind of like my ticket to travel, live abroad, teach English in Japan, came to Canada. And within the first year, I tried to figure out what is this motivational speaker business model? You know, there are these people who are so good at giving a speech that companies and schools and organizations pay them money to deliver the speech. So I'm like, you know, what what do we got to speak about and how does that work? And how do I get paid to travel and speak? So I found some mentors. So I would have been probably early 20s and, you know, sold to high schools and colleges performances that are, you know, a couple hundred bucks, five hundred dollars. And so built a business um, one speech at a time. That's great. Who were some of the earliest people then in that speaking business who perhaps uh, inspired you, whose footsteps you wanted to follow in? You know, there was a guy called Bob Bob Yurichuk. Bob Yurichuk is the first president of the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers in the Ottawa chapter where I was living. So he was one of the most successful professional speakers I had known. And someone, you know, a bunch of people said, go meet this guy. So I went out to his house. 
And, you know, he can charge $10,000 a keynote and he's traveling around the world and he's setting up hubs in Dubai and Singapore. And I'm like, this is exactly what I want. You know, speaking around the world, traveling around the world, making six figures and, you know, doing it in style. My whole end game from a, you know, outcome and design perspective of what I want my career to do for me. I just wanted to make enough money to travel and see the world. And serve people through speeches and education and training. I don't care if it's a day-long speech, a three-day speech, or a one-hour speech. I want to teach and travel and not go broke. Right. And so he was doing it. He wrote a book, had a training program for corporates. He did a couple of really cool things. Like went to Singapore, called up uh, uh, all the all the top hotels in Singapore, and he said, "Look, I'm a sales trainer. I'll train your staff in the evening, five days a week for two weeks." If you let me stage your hotel for free. And yeah. so the hotel said, yeah, so we're going to get a free world-class sales trainer. Come do two weeks of sales training. Meanwhile, he's going to the Rotary Clubs. No, not the Rotary Clubs, the Toastmaster Clubs. Okay. He's speaking at all the Toastmaster Clubs. And when you plug into an international network that has multiple chapters in every city around the world, whether it's Rotary Club or Toastmasters Club or the Chamber of Commerce, so he was going and networking and building business the old-fashioned way because, you know, that was 20 years ago where you build relationships by going to a place and, you know. Um, meanwhile, now I have a virtual coaching business in the high six figures that, you know, this is it. I carry it around with me. So it's a bit of a different world for trainers and speakers today. But for me, the goal has always been travel the world uh, with my wife and kids and, not go broke doing it. <laughs> well, what then for you is the best thing about being a coach and a speaker? Well, it's the impact opportunity and the income opportunity. Um, right now, while you and I are having this conversation live, I'm also teaching other people in my classes, in my courses, in my webinars. They're literally watching me teach them right now because of the magic of recordings and replays. Yeah. And so we're able to have such an impact. I think about my kids and the world that they're growing up in, and I'm building out my knowledge onto these courses and into these training groups. And then, of course, we get to see the impact that we have with our work. I focus on functional medicine doctors and holistic healthcare practitioners, helping them develop speeches that get them to help more people. And I get to see the ripple effect of my work. So the impact is huge. And the fact that it's recorded and replayed and building a um, ongoing asset that's serving the world and serving your business that you can continue to add more value for your clients that's, I think, the best opportunity of an expert speaker, trainer, coach, consultant today is this these tools we're using right now. That's fantastic. So is there a downside? And if there is, what is it? The downside of what exactly? Of coaching, speaking, doing everything that you do. You know, um, the way I run my coaching business is it's 100% dependent on me. There's no uh, other coaches that, you know, if I were to step back, the business would be an entity of, of coaches. And I don't have that. There are a lot of automations. There are a lot of um, 
values being delivered to my audience automatically with these technologies. Um, But I'm not building it like a saleable business. Well, that's one of the things in, you know, entrepreneurship, they tell you always scale, always grow, get ready for the big exit. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be that way. I'm personally a lifestyle business, lifestyle design advocate, where there's three layers for me. What's my ideal lifestyle? What's my ideal business model? And who is my ideal client? And when I work with my ideal client, I'm enjoying my work, enjoying, appreciating the impact. When I enjoy my business model and, and I can live my lifestyle because of the business and the profit and the revenues that, that are being generated, that's winning. That's yeah. winning. So um, the downside is not a saleable business and not a fully automated business. I'm working towards more automations and more simplicities, and it is getting more and more elegant, and that's sort of an art form in itself. Um, but personally, I think out of all of the careers available to me, I feel like this one's the jackpot. You get to serve, you get to make a lot of money, you get to leave a legacy, you get to perform. I mean, teaching for me is like an art. And and you learn and you 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 taking care of yourself and you investing in yourself and practicing and learning and implementing and being on the leading edge of your field is the ticket to the game. It's part of the job description. So to be a leading edge expert, you're continuing to invest in yourself radical self-care, radical self-investment, implementation, and uh, yeah, and leadership. So it's a challenge. It's a spiritual path. It's uh, a personal development program. And if you make it, you know, it can be uh, really fun. It's one thing I think a lot of people don't always realize with with things like speaking and presenting that uh, there's a real personal growth journey to, mm-hmm. to get to uh, on, on that the for for me personally it's been one of the things that's pushed me to the some of the biggest greatest personal growth experiences of my life and yeah I think a lot of people don't realize that that's what awaits them on that journey they just think it's a, it's just about getting over that fear of getting on the stage in the first place it's like well that, that's just the first step really over once you're there and you start getting into it there is a, a a wealth of things to to grow and develop with and and hopefully if you're in the right environment uh, also a wealth of people who can give you the encouragement and the feedback to to develop in those ways it's a journey john it John, I'd love, is. More, I'd love to know more about your business and your operation and how you're uh, making your impact. Well, um, so my my business is uh, is called Present Influence, and so my my goal is really to be um, giving people the tools to be able to present primarily online these days because that's where most people are doing their presentation work, uh, whether that's in group meetings, coaching, trainings, uh, creating online courses and programs, everything like that, to be able to have the personality, the confidence, the clarity of your message and um, to attract the audience that is the right fit for you as well. So my goal, much like yours, is helping other people to have their 
impact to be able to utilize tools of influence and persuasion. Um, I have a sort of modernized version, an updated version of the uh, Aristotle's sort of rhetoric plan, uh, the modes of modes of persuasion uh, for the online for online presentations. And so that's what I'm working to help people with. And that's a lot of what this podcast is about, you know, getting people to who are either interested in speaking or actually want to do it professionally, make money from it or utilize it in their business because I don't think it's really optional anymore to to be able to present yourself well um, and unless you're happy putting people to sleep or having people check in their emails whilst you're trying to communicate something um, to to stay relevant uh, you have to be somewhere in the zone of educating and entertaining which is often called edutaining so so that's uh, hopefully some some insight into where where I am and where I'm positioning myself at the moment Who's your ideal client, John? Well, that's a good question. So, uh, so I were I primarily at the moment have been focusing on working with business coaches and uh, and consultants, and uh, so I'm I'm still very much focused on working working with that group. I think it's uh, wonderful people. Um, I, at the moment, I'm still exploring what the actual demand is there, and considering also perhaps moving into. Uh, I've had some great results working with people in in the world of engineering. And so might mm. actually might actually shift my attention at some at some point in time. Uh, this is something I've actually been thinking a lot about recently, Imogi. So it's interesting that you bring that up. So John, would you say that you are a public speaking coach? Yes, primarily, yes. So you are the oh watch this, John. So there's the for and who. You are the public speaking coach for engineers who want to deliver better presentations at work. The for and who. So, or the public speaking coach for business coaches who want to create a stampede of new clients every time they make a presentation. See, I, I've, been, I've been knowing that there was something maybe a bit missing from my message. And, uh, and just this morning, I was putting it out to the universe sort of thing. I really need some help on this. <laughs> Good. Well, it's Hello. philosophy <laughs> that if you have a clear ideal client, yeah, then you can have a really dialed in message that makes that ideal client go, wow, that's exactly what I need. So what I do, John, is I say I'm the world's only public speaking coach for functional medicine doctors who want to attract high ticket clients from free presentations they deliver online. That's incredible. So, okay. Uh, so I'm having a bit of a, a flush because I've had a big moment of realization. And uh, so thank you. And uh, and I'm going to be listening to this back uh, and coming back and taking notes again straight afterwards. Um, but yeah, that's incredible. So that's really powerful for, for anyone who's, uh, I guess, wanting to to do any kind of speaking or even coaching work, really. That message is, is a super important part of it. And if you're not clear on that, you're going to probably find yourself in some of the um, some of the wastelands if you know, that, that, I've, yeah. uh, that I've kind of felt like I've been in uh, a bit recently, putting out lots of great content, but maybe sort of not feeling completely directed with it. Yeah, if you imagine it like a laser, that goes from your screen to like the heart of your ideal client. And they go, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I need. Um, I'll give you another framework if you like. Um, sure. When someone says, what do you do? 
You can answer with this one sentence using this framework that gets your ideal client to go, oh my goodness, that's exactly what I need. And the framework is, you know how problem, what I do, solution. Four parts, you know how, problem, what I do, solution. So I go like this. Um, you know how holistic doctors like to give presentations about, you know, how to lose weight or how to heal your gut. But sometimes they don't know what to do or they don't know how to get the right people to show up to those presentations. Well, what I do is I help them deliver a killer presentation that creates a stampede of new high ticket clients every time they deliver their powerful, dramatic presentation. I'm the public speaking coach for functional medicine doctors. The four. So you know how problem, what I do, solution. So you could say, um, so for you, would you do this for a business coach or engineers? Um, I, I think I still like the business. I, I like both as avatars, but I think I still like working with business coaches very much. I've had lots of really amazing results with them. So you're the public speaking coach for business coaches. I like that. Okay, so this this kind of uh, this is the kind of consultation that uh, you would generally pay big bucks for. I think so. I'm I'm feeling very privileged right now. Well, let's but, go uh, one layer deeper. Someone taught me about um, uh, me. She goes. So let's say you're a sales trainer. Okay, you got competition. Let's say you're a sales trainer for financial advisors. Okay, now there's not that much competition. Now you're the sales trainer for financial advisors who sell using the phone. You're the phone guy, phone sales for financial advisors, okay? Now you're a category of one, now you're unique, right? So let's do that for you. You're the public speaking coach for business coaches who? That's a, that's a tougher one, right? Um, who want to make who, seven figures? Yeah, who, who want to have uh, who want to have tons of new high ticket clients? Okay, new high ticket clients. Yeah, I am John Ball, the public speaking coach for business coaches who want to get a whole bunch of new high ticket clients. I like it. I like the sound of that. There you go. Um, I like the sounds of that too. <laughs> it, it, sound, it sounds a lot more solid. And so I know for anyone who's, who's watching or listening into this, that this is really powerful. I mean, yes, it's helping me, uh, but also this is, this is a framework that anyone, anyone can apply. And uh, so is this is this a framework that you have developed over experience or uh, that discovered through working with people? So, you know, I've worked with about 300 clients through my company called the Expert Speaker Institute. And we develop for our clients and with our clients a signature speech. And in doing so, you have the perfect speech that gets your ideal client to go, whoa, this is my guy. I got to hire this guy. And in order to land those kinds of speeches, you sort of have to have a bit of a personal brand so that when people are booking you, they're like, oh, yeah, he's the public speaking guy for business coaches. Mm. Um, or, oh, she's the, uh, the acupuncturist for cancer. Right. So um, we call this the superhero name. And the superhero name, it's usually starts with a the. I like to have a the because it immediately says one and only. 
You're the public speaking coach for business coaches. One and only. Yeah. You're not a public speaking coach for business coaches. That means there are several. And how are we comparing? And if we can't tell the difference, they're commodities and commodities compete on price. You want to be a category of one, the world's only public speaking coach for business coaches who really love trucks <laughs> or whatever is maybe unique about you, John, um, or, you know, who want to work with someone in the UK. Um, I assume you're in the UK, John. Yes, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm from the UK. I'm from England, but I live in Valencia in Spain. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. I'm currently in Denver, Colorado. Oh, I know Denver very well. Is that, that That's not where you're from, but is that where you're now based? Or I got in last night from Austin, Texas, but I live in Canada. Okay, fantastic. Um, yeah. These are all places I love. In fact, a very dear friend of mine is, is currently in Austin, Texas, and, uh, and, and I particularly love Canada and have lots of, uh, in fact, was introduced to you through some of my Canadian friends. So that's uh, that was very cool too. Excellent. I want to ask you uh, about, about for yourself, the, the first time you ever got paid to speak on a, on a stage, do you remember what you spoke about and, and how did it go? Okay. It was the most ridiculous thing, John. I thought the first thing you do in business is just print business cards this is back. I don't know if it was like this for you in uh, in the UK or wherever you were. Um, There's a company called Vistaprint. Uh, yes. That you could get free well. business cards. You just had to pay like $7 of shipping. And yes. on the back of the card, it would say printed for free at vistaprint.com. <laughs> and so it was proof that you really didn't have any money <laughs> <laughs> when you got your business cards, right? Yeah. And so I had these business cards made up that said Majid Mogarabon speaker. And um, I was saying to people, I want to give a speech. And someone said, um, there's a retirement home. And they've been, some of the old people have been uh, arguing with each other. And could you maybe put on a presentation about like how to deal with like conflict? And I said, sure. <laughs> And um, I, I got some props. I got a bunch of Ziploc bags and tea bags. And I got two tea bags and put them in a Ziploc bag. And I passed them out to each person. I said, look, you make a self a tea for yourself and one for your mortal enemy here at the retirement home. Have a conversation with them and realize that you have things in common. And I went on to present whatever I could uh, think of to come up with. And at the end, to thank me, they gave me a $25 gift certificate to Starbucks. It was the first time I got paid. And I was trying to get into an association called the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. And in order to become a candidate member, you have to have been paid 10 times. And I contact the organization. I said, can I count this? And they said, yes, you can count this. So I'm like, trying to get into some club and the first time I'm getting a Starbucks gift card. And the next time I think I got $150 to present something like a time management workshop at the Catholic immigration center in Ottawa. So it was piece by piece until I got my membership into the club. And what really took me off on the revenue side was getting partnerships with training companies and training companies have a catalog of courses that they deliver for one or two or three days and pay you per day. 
So it's like one client and you might get 20, 30, 40, 50 days out of the year from that client. That was a, a, a game changer for me in terms of consistent revenue getting paid to speak. Yeah. So I'm, I'm imagining that the sort of piecemeal strategy that, that you started off with probably isn't what you teach people to do now. Would that be right? Well, here's what I learned. I learned that the speaking business is a lousy business if your product is a speech right. and you have to deliver the speech, especially if you have to deliver the speech in person. You're selling a 60-minute performance that takes three days to get there if it's out of town. What I found was that as I was building my business as a speaker, I was getting side projects. I was getting people asking me to coach them. I was getting people asking me to do consulting with them. I was getting people to ask me to train their staff. And at the end of each year, I would add up all of my revenues by source for my accountant to figure out how much tax I owe. And I realized as I'm looking at all of the different clients, every single one of them met me because I was giving a speech somewhere. So in other words, all of my client relationships start with me speaking. So I realized kind of by accident that it's a, it's a decent marketing platform for uh, someone selling services. Like I was sort of like a boutique consultant. I could do a project here. I could do some coaching there, like just like piecemeal business. Um, and then one day I had an opportunity to speak to a room of about a hundred lawyers and accountants. And I thought I could really sell some training for these offices. Like I know they got staff. I know they're going to need training. So I came up with an offer. It was a paid keynote, but I decided I'm going to make an offer. And at the time I was watching internet um, product launch formula, one day, two day, three day, bonus, 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 and while supplies last and crazy double bonus. And so I basically put together this like internet markety kind of pitch from stage. And it says all this value adds up to like $197,000. in Yeah. And then I cross it off and it's like 4,997 in the color green, because I heard if it's green, they buy, if it's a seven, they buy. And so I, I had basically a $5,000 offer and I go like that. And I just, and it's on the screen and there's a hundred <laughs> lawyers and accountants of high net worth individuals at this conference that I just delivered a, a 60 minute keynote called getting paid to do what you love. And now I'm making a $5,000 offer for training in their staff. You could hear a pin drop in the room. (laughs) And then a guy in the front row starts laughing louder and louder and louder. And I look down in the corner and I see my client in the front row, hands over his face, so embarrassed for me. And I was like, oh, crap, I have no idea what to do now. Like, I don't have a team with clipboards in the back of the room to take the stampede of <laughs> leads. Yeah. And so I, have, I haven't passed out any forms, like, to fill out or anything. There's 100 people in the audience. And I just said, like, I'll be out in the hall. And that was a total fail. Total fail. And I feel like I embarrassed myself in front of my client instead of just delivering a keynote and not making a failed pitch. So I didn't know what to do. I just thought that I could make a pitch and get some results. So the embarrassment and the failure drove me to study and take people's programs and read people's books and put together my own formula 
that checks off all the boxes of what I call the invisible checklist. So when you're sitting in the audience, you got an invisible checklist. Checklist goes, I like this guy. Boom. This guy's like me. Boom. I think this guy gets me. Boom. This guy understands my struggle. Boom. This guy knows how to solve my struggle. Boom. He's teaching me how to solve my struggle. I like this guy. Boom. I want to work with this guy. Boom. I want to spend money on this guy. Boom. I want to work with him right now. And when it's all checked, the sales made. So I wanted to know, is there a combination of words and sounds that you can make that get your ideal client to go, okay, I'm working with this guy. I'm hiring this guy within 10 minutes, right? Right. So that's what I teach. And I focus on teaching holistic doctors that simply because it's a niche that I enjoy working with my ideal client, holistic doctors. It makes it so easy for me to position myself as the world's only. And I get to be on a very small speaker circuit such that when I get on a, a call with an ideal client, they say, I keep seeing you everywhere. And I'm not advertising because yeah. there's such a small community of this focused niche of my ideal client. Where, where do you see people mostly going wrong? I mean, the, the experience you share, I don't, you're not the only person who's ever done that, right? And I've definitely had that kind of experience on, uh, on webinars. Uh, I don't think I've ever had that on, on a live stage, but uh, uh, certainly some other <laughs> embarrassing situations. But you, you learn from them for sure. But where do you mostly see people going wrong with these kinds of things? You know, um, I should not have just winged it. I didn't really wing it. I actually got some advice, but I think it was bad advice. Um, Where I see people going wrong is they don't want to be salesy because they don't want to make people uncomfortable. And that's because they get uncomfortable when people are salesy to them. So it means they have some mindset issues with money, about spending it, about being sold to, um, because if they feel uncomfortable hearing an offer, they're not going to want to make an offer. They got to love to hear offers. And I think as a speaker, coming from the old guard of the keynote, the purists, the keynote performers who say an offer has no uh, place in a performance like a keynote, right? Well, I think if a, if a speaker says, I'm successful when I get a standing ovation and everyone says that was so beautiful and I cried, I think it's actually unethical to inspire and motivate and not give people the tools to get to where they want to now go. So to not make an offer is unethical. An offer is not to trick anybody. It's not to pressure anybody. It's not designed to make people feel uncomfortable. It's an invitation for a unique opportunity. You can give it. A, you can give an incentive while you're here. You get this special bonus, this special discount. You got to tell them, why should I buy now? Why should I buy from you? Why should I buy your product or program? Why should I buy at today's price? And why should I buy from your company? These are what I would call the five why buy questions. And so... I always make an offer. I'll tell you the first time I made an offer, I had just built an online course. Took me forever. Two years of looking at 
cameras and lights and editing and just dilly-dallying for two years until finally I had it done. Okay, it's recorded. It's on, hosted. I launched it to my list of 1,200 people, and I made one sale. And I was like, crap, now I don't know what to do. How do I sell this thing? So the next week, I'm delivering a 15-minute uh, a speech at the Rotary Club at this cafeteria in this municipal building that was just real hodgepodgey. And there's a motley crew of 12 young, old, private sector, public sector, super random. And I give a 15-minute talk on how to make handshakes and eye contact and remember people's names. And then I said, if you like that and you want to learn more, I think I, this is what I said exactly. I said, raise your hand if you got value from today's presentation. Raise your hand. Okay, great. Raise your hand if you would like more. Raise your hand. Okay, great. For those of you who want more, I have a brand new three-hour training on networking. And it's normally $500. I'm passing out a piece of paper because you guys are in Rotary Club and because you're here today, I want to give you something special. $200 discount. Would you please take out your pen and cross off the $500 number and write the number 300? Now, at the bottom, you put your credit card number, just write it down and today's date and sign it. And I'm going to send you access to the $500 course for only $300 today. For those of you who don't want the course, but you'd like to join my newsletter, my email newsletter, um, please fill out the form and check the box that says, yes, I'm interested. And I had this form that said, yes, I'm interested in the newsletter. Sign me up. Yes, I'm interested in bringing Majid in to speak to my company or my group. Please follow up with me on this. Um, yes, I think I might be interested in one-on-one -on -one coaching with Majid. So checkbox and checkbox just to get leads. And then this new thing for the first time ever at this Rotary Club meeting, credit card number at the bottom, Okay. So everyone pulls out their pen. Some people pull out their credit cards. I let them fill it out. I collect it. I shake everybody's hand. Everybody goes home. I go out to the parking lot. I haven't looked yet. I get into my Honda Accord. I close the door and I look at the first one and it was not a sale. And I looked at the next one and it was not a sale. And I looked at the next one. It was not a sale. And I was kind of feeling a little down. Yeah. The next one was a sale. I saw the credit card numbers. Next one's a sale. Next one's a sale. Next one's a sale. I made six sales. $300 each. And I didn't leave the parking lot before I processed all the payments. and sent all. <laughs> so I sent coupon codes. Here's the link to my course. Here's the coupon code because you've paid it because I processed it through the Square app on my phone, manually entering the numbers, paying 3.75%. And before I drove out, drove out of that driveway, out of that parking lot, I had $1,800. And at the time, I was making a salary of every two weeks, I would get this little carbon copy pay stub. You peel away one and it says, this is how much number we were supposed to pay you. This is minus the taxes, minus the taxes, minus the taxes. Your salary every two weeks deposited into your bank account is 918.37, $918 every two weeks after taxes was what I was making. And so I just made two full paychecks in the parking lot from a 15-minute speech and an online course and a piece of paper and an app on my phone that can process payments. And a beast was born. I'm like, <laughs> I'm never going to give a speech again without an order form. And the next time I did an order, the next time I did a speech, I was paid to do a full day training of time management in a neighboring town. There was about 50 entrepreneurs showed up. At the end of the day, I had an order form. It says, I'm doing a three-day retreat at the spa, $1,500, fill this out. 
I didn't have a date. I didn't, I was just going to see if this is going to work. And three people signed up for it at $1,500. So I was paid $3,000 to deliver the Dale. And then I got $4,500 on top and my first three clients for my $1,500 retreat at the spa. Uh, And so, man, the order form, the offer, making the offer at the end of the speech, it's such an amplifier on income and opportunity. I, I think for, in my experience personally, and many people who I, who I work with as well, that's often the point where people trip up on themselves and go from maybe the sort of teaching mode mm. into this salesy mode. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, uh, and, you know, you kind of hit on that with your experience earlier, earlier as well. Yeah. How do you, how do you stop yourself getting in or having this sort of sudden switch of personality and going from great this, question. Hey, I'm giving you great information. Now I'm going to sell you something. Yeah. Good, good, <laughs> good, good. Well, all right. So we think of ourselves as teachers first, not salespeople, right? Yeah. Um, Although my my mentor, who I mentioned, who went to Singapore and said, let me train your sales team for two weeks. Um, he's got this bit where he's like, at the beginning of the speech, stand up if your company needs sales to survive. Everyone stands up. And he says, okay, now stay standing, but sit if you're not um, a sales professional. Uh, or sorry, if you're, in the sale, if you're in the sales business, if you're in the sales business. Uh, part of your business. And then most of the people sit down. And then he says, um, now sit down unless you are a full-time sales professional. And most other people sit down. And then there's some people sitting around. He goes, look around. If you're not standing, you're in big trouble. You're in big trouble in business. Because if you're not you know, a full-time sales professional all the time, whether it's communication, whether it's leadership, whether it's selling, you know, the... Um, so I think firstly to identify as a sales professional is helpful Yeah, to have your definition of what is being salesy and what is selling. Well, I like this definition. You know, there's many, there's the transference of enthusiasm. There's um, mine is uh, helping people make the right decision and helping people make the right decision is something that a teacher or an advisor or a coach or a counselor can do very well. And it's very valuable right? It's not about telling you all about my uh, features and benefits. It's not about convincing you to buy and buy now. It's helping you make the right decision. So I found that there are really only four decisions that you can choose. And helping them decide between those four decisions unbiasedly can be really helpful. So would you like to know what those four options are, John? I would love to, and I'm sure anyone watching or listening is saying, yes, please, Majid, tell us. So option number one is you can do nothing. And do nothing is not a bad strategy. Sometimes it's hard to do nothing. But if you do nothing, what will happen? Will things get worse? Will things get better? So don't fool yourself into thinking that you're going to do something later. Know that you're making a choice to do nothing now. So that's choice number one is do nothing. Choice number two is do it yourself. And do it yourself is you take the time, you learn it, you study it on YouTube, you buy all the books, you interview people on your podcast to get the nuggets, and you figure it out without spending a penny. 
That's do it yourself. So it turns out that do it yourself is almost always the slowest and the most expensive and the most painful. Yeah. Um, you don't need to get an education in blood, sweat, and tears just to get anything done. Instead of asking yourself, how do I do this? Ask yourself instead, who can I get to do this for me? Or who can I get to help me do this way better, way faster? Which leads us to option number three, spending money on some solution. So whether that solution is a product or a program or a consultant or an employee or a software, you're paying for some solution. And then option number four is hire me or, or buy what I'm selling, right? right? So in the case of one of my clients who might be looking for a public speaking coach, they might say, I'm going to do nothing. I'm just going to decide to let my dreams die. I'm never going to be a speaker. I'm making the choice. Rarely do they ever have that honest of a um, choice of do nothing. Do nothing usually sounds like now's not a good time. Yeah. Do it yourself is, you know, the continuous studier, the continuous student, the self-starter, the I'm going to figure this out one way or another kind of person. Um, and then option number three in my world might be like, you know, they spend $200 and, and join a Toastmasters group. And then option number four is they get the world's best coach for functional medicine doctors who want to sell high ticket healthcare programs with great free speeches. That's me. So in sales, we're illuminating these four options. Do nothing, do it yourself, hire someone else or spend money on a different solution or hire me. And we help them make the decision that's right for them. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it makes sense. Those are kind of the processes you tend to encounter, the objections you tend to get. Oh, I'll figure it out. I yeah. can't afford it right now. I haven't got time, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, there's no doubt that working with the right people and having the access to the right information with people who uh, not only have done that, but are already helping other people to achieve these things themselves um, is going to get you there so much quicker. And there's uh, one of the reasons why you know, uh, I know a lot of people in coaching uh, so I find it amazing that I know lots of people in coaching who don't have coaches and don't pay for coaches or that they just do coaching swaps with their buddies. And it's like, um, no, you, you really do need to pay somebody for your coaching, uh, someone who's at a level above where you are and that, that can help you get up to that next level. Otherwise, you're going to kind of stick there. Uh, wherever it is that you want, wherever it is you need coaching or training or development in, get someone who's on the next level, who's teaching people how to get there to help you do it. And, and uh, the road is going to be so much smoother. Yeah. Coaching um, people who invest in coaching tend to shorten their uh, timelines and reduce their mistakes, reduce their errors. And I think um, it's not everybody's primary strategy to excel and succeed. It works for some people really, really well. Um, and paying, like you said, instead of swapping or bartering, um, I do think it represents a deeper level of commitment. Yeah. Um, I find for me personally, barter situations, they just never end up as um, serious as paid relationships. Right. Yeah, there's a different dynamic for sure. I mean, I, I would say I have both. Um, I, I like to do some coaching swaps, but I know that sometimes when I do coaching swaps with some of my buddies, um, it's um, it, it's sometimes a bit more of a of a chat than than it is a coaching session. Sure. Whereas when when I'm doing coaching with my coach, it's like 
no we're we're all business is <laughs> we're not we're not here to talk about uh to talk about what's going on at home where where that the dog's not feeling well or anything like that it's like no it's we're here for business so let's get down to it um it's it's a big difference and much more focused for for me in my experience and, and I, I generally find that with clients who I work with as well um that that's super super important to have that relationship and and the stuff that you give away for free that so many people do in their earlier days doesn't get valued anywhere near as highly as the stuff that people pay a lot of money for in my experience it's true so i do want to ask, i mean there's so many things i would like to ask you but we have a limit on the, the time we have available um right now really probably most of the strategies for people who want to make money or make more money from speaking need to be at least primarily online for the time being until till live events and stuff come back more fully um, what would you recommend people should be thinking about or focusing on to develop this themselves as speakers in uh, in the online arena i certainly agree with you that um everything is more online now and as someone who uh attempted I held a live event in 2020 in, in October for about 12 people. And it was hard to get people out. There's all sorts of new uh, limitations and risks and expectations and culture where, you know, I got quite a few last minute cancellations. And that's very much understandable because there are now so many domino impacting things. Oh, my cousin got COVID and then I better isolate and we're going to see grandma next week when I get back. So I better not go all this. Right. Yeah. So um, I would not be building a business dependent on live events right now. Um, so where does that leave us? We have tools like this. Um, I'm currently traveling and I have a, I have a light here that I'm, Shining on my face. It's a full spectrum light to keep the positive vibes and also just, you know, for interview situations like this. But I don't have an external microphone. And, you know, you can have just a smartphone and build a speaking business. Don't need a laptop. Don't need anything else. Don't need a special microphone. But you do need oh, an audience. <laughs> you need an audience. Exactly. And so that's the most important decision I think one should make early on is who is this speaking business for? Who are these presentations for? And when we know the who, then we can say, what's the biggest challenge that keeps them up at night such that my service or speech would be exactly what they needed to learn about and hear about right now in such a way that inspires them to hire me? And so then if you're building a business now, like the easiest service to offer today is coaching. Because coaching is an agreed upon future outcome that we're going to deliver over weeks or months of meetings and conversations and frameworks and tools and support. Um, but they're buying an outcome and you don't need to build a program for people who want to sell something that's a little bit more hands free, a little bit more automated, like a course. The biggest mistake I've seen people make is they wait until the course is built to sell it. That's what I did. It took two years to sell the course to build the course. I took two years. And then that was just, I needed to have built it in order to be able to sell it. But then I couldn't sell it. And the next, so the first, the first course I built was the networking course. Sold it to one person on my list, sold it to a group of rotary, rotary clubs, and I sold it to a couple other rotary clubs, but that was about it. Manually selling it with uh, a form, 
fill it out, and I'm processing payment on my phone. Because I didn't know how to get magical people from the internet to come and buy my $500 course. Um, but I knew how to get people to buy it at the end of a speech. The second course I built was on sales called Selling with Heart. And I, when I first launched it, actually, I called it 10x Your Service Sales, 10x Your Service Sales, kind of clunky name, 10x Your Service Sales. And like Grant, Cardone, Grant Cardone kind of style. I think I just read a Grant Cardone um, <laughs> book and I was like, oh, this is brilliant. I'll just copy that exactly. Um, and so, yeah, 10x Your Service Sales. I got six people <clears throat> to pay me $3,000. And um, I delivered the course over six weeks. And so I had already made $18,000 on this course before I ever even built it. And so I built it for them and recorded it for them. And then I got another cohort and re-recorded everything. And then for a third time, I hired a professional camera crew and I got about 15 people to show up at my house for like 200 bucks. And for 200 bucks, I said, you're going to watch me film this course in a day. You'll see how I build a course in a day. You'll learn from me for 200 bucks. I'll take you out to lunch in the middle of the day on break. So I'll have a live audience. And then at the end of the day, I pitched a $5,000 coaching program and I got one person to sign up for that. So basically I made, I don't know, seven, $8,000 on the day. I filmed it in a day, which was version three after delivering it live for two actual groups of people, starting with selling it. So my advice for anybody who wants to build or sell a course right now is to start by selling it. And the delivery of that sold program is the first draft of the speech and build for version three, or not the speech, the course. And your course that you're going to polish and be proud of for the rest of your life is going to be version three. I learned that concept from Eben Pagan. He said, you're going to build a course, build for version three. It's like, oh, okay. So the first two versions are like not going to be permanent because the first course I ever built, I was like, it's got to be perfect the first time. Right. And so I built it in a vacuum. I didn't know how to sell it. So made all the mistakes and took two years doing it. So I desperately try to help people who want a course right now. I was like, please stop building it. Done, done is better than perfect, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Better get 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 the sales, get out of there. I mean, the, the bigger bunch, I know that if ever, if ever I want to put on a, a live event or something like that, that I know I just have to put the date in and promote it. Because whether people show up or not, it's locked in. It has to happen. The preparation has to happen. You know, it's on the table. And uh, and usually something ends up happening because of that. Whereas if I just say, oh, I'll wait till I've got it done, and then I'll start promoting it, then I know that other things are going to come along. And, and sometimes they're not getting prioritized instead of that, and, and it doesn't always happen. So, so yeah, I think that's great. Uh, and I particularly like the idea of creating online courses and programs for the third version of it. Mm -hmm. uh, gets you gets you straight out of that uh, perfectionism trap. Love it. I learned a method from Jeff Walker called the seed launch. And he teaches this in his free content. And he says, so imagine you're going to build a course and it's six modules. Module one sort of like orientation overview. Module six is sort of like the, you know, plan of action. And then two, three, four, five is sort of like this process, the system, right? And he says, uh, get a group, collect some payment from them for some commitment. You know, get a group to, that you're going to teach us to. And let's say you're going to teach on Tuesdays. And you're going to do Q&As on Thursdays, an hour on Tuesday, an hour on Thursday. On Monday, you survey them. 
hey, listen, first day we're talking about these, these, and these. What do you need help with on these things? Tell me about your challenges. And you're basically gathering the content from them. They tell you what they need. And so you build it, you give them what they need. And then after this, the Tuesday teaching, you hit them with a survey. What'd you like? What'd you not like? What'd you want to see that you didn't see, et cetera. And then you do a Q&A on Thursday. And you're hearing their questions, you're recording their questions. And by the end of the first week, you have basically co-created and prototyped module one. Survey, delivery, survey, Q&A. Do it again next week, next week, and next week for six weeks. And you've basically co-created a version one. And looking back, you go, okay, so this is what the kind of arc of the, the course is. This is where things fit in. Now I can understand the handouts and the flows and let's do it again version two love it this is this is all gold and and, and I, I have a brain full of questions that we just don't have time for so i can see myself inviting you back again in the future if you'd be willing to come back again another time majid and um, but i do want to make sure that anyone watching or listening knows how to find out more about you yeah you can um you can get my book for free at expertspeakerbook.com. Um, expertspeaker.com is my website where you can book a strategy call with me if you're interested in coaching to build a signature speech. Um, so expertspeakerbook.com or expertspeaker.com. Fantastic. And uh, so I do I do like to often ask people for a book recommendation. So obviously your book would be a, a good one for you to recommend. But is there another book like something you've read recently or something like since? Oh, this is one I'd, I would send to anyone and say, you must read this book. Mm. You know, speaking, spot, of, huh? speaking of Grant Cardone, um, love him or hate him, I read this book called The Closer's Survival Guide on audiobook. And you get to hear Grant Cardone's Louisiana twang. And he's like a car salesman, and he can close a sale in a hundred different ways. Uh, and just close after close after close that you can practice and repeat. And so I still use a few of those, but the concept of being um, ready to respond with a pre-rehearsed response that you've kind of taken the emotion out of that moment, because that moment when you're selling your services and they're not like, ready to buy reading off the credit card they've got objections i don't know maybe i need more time i need to think about it i need to talk to my husband all those things to help people overcome that moment and to close the sale and to celebrate and to help move them through it's one of the most important things in sales and it's one of the hardest things if you don't have training yeah. and the right mindset and so that book um taught me how to respond to um, a lot of the common objections to help people through to the decision of a yes or a no. Great. I, I'm going to check it out. And, you know, I've never read any of Grant's books, but you're not the first person I've had as a guest on the show who's recommended him. So I feel, I feel it might be time. And uh, I, I guess may, maybe some of the recent <laughs> recent stuff has been around about him as, as Pat's put me off and maybe I shouldn't be letting it. So I, I'm going to check that out. Um, just before we do finish up, is there anything, any final words you'd like to leave everyone with today? Yeah, one of my favorite quotes is to begin, begin. Three words. And if you're thinking about getting into the speaking business, 
my forward speaking business motto is speak. It's to speak more, speak more. That's five words to speak more, <laughs> speak more. The more you speak, the more you speak. Yeah. So um, we're, we're, we're walking around with an international broadcast studio in our smartphone. And there's no reason why we can't speak to our audiences live and the people in the future. When we know who we're trying to reach, then we know what stages to get on to deliver the right speeches to influence the people that we want to reach. So uh, it's never been a better time. So to begin, begin. Absolutely. Majid, this has been gold. And uh, I'm definitely going to be uh, trying to make sure as many people as possible listen to this episode. And I'm going to be playing it back probably multiple times because there were so many uh, nuggets and knowledge bombs in there. And, and I really appreciate you giving up some of your time to come and share with me today on the show. So thank you, Majid Magarban. It's been a real pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, John.